Welcome to the Arthroscopy Association's Arthroscopy Journal Podcast. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association or the Arthroscopy Journal. Welcome, everybody. I'm Dr. Andrew Sheehan from the San Antonio Military Medical Center. Today, I'm really excited to be talking to Anna's immediate past president, Dr. Larry Field, from the Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center in Jackson, Mississippi. Today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different in that we're going to be using Dr. Field's presidential address entitled, Anna, Education, Innovation, and the Power of Volunteerism, as a springboard to talk about his tenure as Anna president. Incidentally, his presidential address was just published in the July issue of the Arthroscopy Journal. Dr. Field, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Andy, for the opportunity. Before we get into the meat and potatoes of your address, I thought it would be interesting, particularly for the younger listeners, or the listeners, I should say, that are relatively young in their career, to talk about your path to the Anna presidency. Um, was this a goal of yours when you got started, or is it something that had been more of an evolution for you in terms of how you thought about your involvement within the organization? Well, that's a good question, Andy. I mean, definitely uh, for me was an evolution. I mean, it's obviously a tremendous honor to have had the opportunity to serve as Anna's president last year. And, you know, I, I think when I think about as far as a young surgeon, um, it's it's always a convoluted path, I think, to, um, to something like that. But I, you know, I personally, for me, uh, I was interested, uh, I think, always in professional development and uh, I guess I was probably an ambitious young surgeon without maybe without a focus. Uh, I liked surgeon education, uh, you know, and, and that was always an interest of mine. But I'll tell you, the way that I got, I guess, got here is I got really lucky and fortunate. And one of the things I remember that was, I think, impactful and helped me to uh, progress maybe in Anna and or other organizations is that I um, – develop relationships with mentors of mine that uh, were in Anna. And uh, I tried to foster those relationships and, and, and help myself through networking uh, to get, I guess, my foot in the Anna door, so to speak. I also liked doing clinical research, and that afforded me an opportunity to go to meetings sometimes. You know, I'd submit my abstracts for consideration. If I they got accepted, I could go to the meeting. I could meet people, and that was fun. And I, I always also tried to just just say yes to opportunities when they presented themselves and and um you know really when you think about it i think obviously orthopedic surgeons are some of the most highly educated groups of people in the world you know i mean who 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 goes to school effectively until they're in their 30s you know so we we do know a lot as, as individuals in a group and i think with that uh, knowledge, we arguably have an obligation to give back, and that's one way to do that is to teach whomever, whether it be citizens or orthopedic surgeons. So I've always felt an obligation to teach like that, and um, so that's one of the one of, that's the path I guess I took. Also, I tried to get out of my comfort zone. You know, for me personally, I was very anxious as a public speaker. I remember my heart pacing you know, an hour before my scheduled talk. But, you know, I guess it's like anything. You, The more you do something, the easier it gets, and maybe even the more you like it. Um, so I guess and that's a kind of a, a long answer. But uh, for me, I guess that it was an evolution. And I think mentorship, the relationships are really critical. 
um, an attitude of saying yes to opportunities and trying to find a niche in an organization. Lots of ways to contribute through committee structure or uh, through surgeon education or advocacy, other things like that. Um, and I think maybe the rest hopefully takes care of itself. For anyone that's familiar with the history of ANA, in terms of how it got started, it's clear that innovation has, has really been the backbone of the organization. Um, can you spend some time talking about how you've guided Anna's commitment to innovation over the past year? Yeah, I'd be happy to. I mean, you're, I think you're right. Innovation has been a cornerstone of Anna's mission um, for its entire 40, 39 plus years of um, existence. And I think that's probably not only technique development, but again, surgeon education, um, didactic learning and, and surgical skills training, like at the OLC, the Learning Center in Rosemont, uh, Illinois. And I think, you know, traditional surgeon education is a core priority of Anna, of course, but I, I, I can tell you one of the things I'm most proud of about Anna, and I had very little to do with it, actually, I, did, I served as a participant, but Anna's really been actively involved, especially over the five, last five or 10 years since I've been involved with the board of directors in developing some of these really innovative methods for training and, and for testing. I think certification testing is likely coming in the future, and Anna's been on the forefront of that as well. You know, the old model, apprenticeship model of learning, that's what we've all learned by the apprenticeship model for becoming orthopedic surgeons is changing. And I think it's in part a, a credit to some of these innovative ways to teach surgeons and others. You know, there have been so many people in Anna that, um, like uh, Rick Angelo and others that have been instrumental in promoting and developing training techniques. And one of those that I think of uh, is the Copernicus Initiative. This is something that came out of Rick Angelo's brain. He's a past Anna president himself, and he's really, really uh, insightful and energetic. And he, with Anna's support, has been very successful in uh, developing this proficiency-based progression training tool. Uh, it's been proven through ANA publications, a number of ANA publications have shown that it's really a superior method of training. ANA's very involved in this PBP type training and uh, I think it's gonna become, I think over time, probably the default way to train surgeons. Uh, other innovative things that I can think of that ANA's helped to foster is uh, virtual reality and simulation training. You know, one of the industry partners that Anna has is a company called Vertimed, and they have simulators that they uh, have available. And uh, through a partnership with Anna, Anna's secured eight of these simulators in the Learning Center in Rosemont, has a dedicated room, and there are Anna members who work like in work groups developing curriculum content for these simulators. So like, for example, if you went to an ANA meeting in Rosemont, you would have access to these simulators and they're amazing. They're, they're really amazing. And I think that's one of the innovative future ways that surgeons will train. Um, also, I, I think of the, what's called the Innovation Exchange. This is a uh, initiative that's developed in ANA in the last couple of years where uh, in partnership with other industry partners, Anna's created a platform for uh, Anna members, which who are often really innovative people, um, to uh, pre pre present their techniques or ideas um, to um, knowledgeable people, and uh, can even have opportunities to monetize their ideas through. 
this innovation exchange. Um, the only other thing I can think of just related to innovation is uh, innovation lecture series. This is a new initiative that Anna started in conjunction with its specialty day meeting every year in conjunction with the AAOS meeting. Now, of course, AOS was canceled this year, but our inaugural speaker and in, uh, innovation um, lecture series was none other than um, Dr. Steve Burkhart, who I guess is the innovator extraordinaire. So we did we lost that opportunity to hear his talk, but he was really generous and grateful, uh, generous enough to uh, publish it in the Arthroscopy Journal a month ago or so. So I encourage everyone to read that, and that lecture series will continue uh, going forward. Well, the next question I had written down was I was going to ask you how you feel that that Anna's standing out in the crowd, uh, you know, with respect to innovation, but but it's it's clear that you've by all the things that you just enumerated that the organization is is certainly on the vanguard and that's really a cool thing for lack of better words is is a as someone that's young in their career and also as a privilege to teaching residents is is the fact that the organization itself is just so wholly committed in teaching arthroscopic skills it's it's a it's a great thing and it it sure is it's inspiring and it's it makes it easy to want to get involved with it that's for sure Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And there are opportunities, I think, afforded by that, by the, all those courses, those 15 courses a year. You know, there are a lot of faculty requirements, a lot of faculty needs, et cetera. So there, there are ways. That's, I think that's just been a way that we've uh, added a lot of young leaders like yourself to Anna through, through the necessity to have faculty to help support all these courses. You know, yeah, it seems like every day we're getting a new email from a you know, one of the subspecialty societies about a new course that's coming available. You know, what is your assessment of, of this landscape in particular, especially in the midst of what we're going through with COVID? I mean, that's the, you know, the 800 pound gorilla in the room, right? I feel like we can't be having this conversation if we're not mentioning that, but, but hopefully we're going to move past that. How do you think Anna can thrive in this space with so many competing courses and educational, well-intentioned educational opportunities from other subspecialty societies? Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's an ongoing challenge for all organizations um, because of the expanded opportunities for surgeons to go to courses. And, you know, I think, you know, COVID uh, will end. Um, that's inevitable. Um, but I would argue that surgeon education will probably never be quite the same. There was already a shift toward online learning and that uh, I think COVID is only going to accelerate that trend for online formats, programs, uh, et cetera. Um, and I think, you know, the way Anna can continue to thrive in this competitive space is to continue to innovate, as I mentioned earlier, to be nimble and uh, to, I think, also to understand uh, member needs. And along those lines, when I was president last year, we really, uh, executed a number of surveys to evaluate uh, not just members in general, but the different demographics of members, the young members, the established members, senior members, et cetera. And also uh, surveys to evaluate what stakeholder needs are. What do our industry partners want? How can we help them as well? And so I think staying in tune with the membership, with the stakeholders is gonna be very important uh, to craft those educational opportunities that are gonna be most appealing and most valuable to the members. Another way I think that uh, Anna uh, can uh, continue to do well in this space is through collaboration. I think collaboration is very important for a lot of reasons. Uh, you can collaborate with industry partners, and Anna has on a number of capacities, 
uh, and you can collaborate with like-minded societies, organizations. Um, you know, just in the past year, I think Ann has collaborated formally with courses for 14 or 15 different industry partners. I, I know AOS, uh, ASES, AOSSM, and OSET, that's Kevin Plancher's organization, the Foot and Ankle Society, and of course, SOMOS, uh, Society of Military Orthopedic Surgeons. Uh, we've had a longstanding commitment with the SOMOS surgeons, and that's been great. And I think what collaboration can do is it makes the courses, I think, higher quality. It's better. You know, it brings in different type attendees. It brings in broader faculty, new um, topics to discuss, and uh, helps also, also to, I, I guess, reduce redundancy that you see in these courses and also offset costs associated with those courses. Um, you know, that on, the online offerings are uh, an ever-increasing um, desire of members and non-ANA members. I mean, remember, remember, we're really training surgeons all around the world now, and these online opportunities um, are really easy and often the only way that international surgeons can participate in the learning. And Anna has a, a number of online offerings. Um, they have a, what's called an all—I think it's called All Access Anna Pass. I think there are over 200 faculty presentations in that package, and you can get category category one credits. You know, when you view those, um, the, Anna has this an ASAP program. I think it's uh, Arthroscopy Self Assessment Program, where you can get online credits. Uh, it satisfies the Mach two requirement. So th I think there's a lot of ways that Anna. Uh, can continue to stay in the game, if you will, and to thrive in this environment. Um, and those are, I guess, some of the ways I can think of. So we started our conversation with me asking you about your, your evolution. Um, and I, I'd like to kind of start wrap think, wrapping things up here by, by thinking about your development as a leader within the field of arthroscopy. You know, if you could go back in time, 25 years or so, and meet up with your younger self, what what one piece of advice would you give the the younger Dr. Larry Field? Well, uh, that's a great question. I, I think though from the question, it seems like you're implying that I'm no longer young, uh, which is accurate, <laughs> uh, just so you know. <laughs> uh, and I guess other than maybe uh, telling myself, my younger self, to buy Apple stock and Tesla stock, um, I'd <laughs> probably uh, reflect, um, try to use my experience over my career to, to, to help me. I, what comes to mind from your question really is both, not only professional, but it makes me think of personal, you know, decisions and uh, actions, you know, because I've been very blessed with my family personally, but I think any and each of us can do better uh, in retrospect uh, than we maybe did mistakes we made that we hopefully wouldn't make again. But um, I, I think one of the things that's very important uh, for the young surgeons, and I try to help our fellows that we train appreciate this, is that the fact that they're so very fortunate to be in this position that they're in, to be orthopedic surgeons, you know, we all get caught up in the daily uh, demands, uh, personal, professional demands, but I mean, wow, you know, when, when I think about the position that we're in, due to our hard work, but also to very good luck, um, we have an opportunity to enjoy the financial rewards, but the satisfaction also helping our patients. I mean, how much is that worth? And the professional status that this um, position as an orthopedic surgeon 
affords. And so I, I would just make sure that my younger me really understood how lucky I was. Um, also, I, I would tell myself maybe to um, take advantage of opportunities that present themselves uh, as well to improve myself. Um, you know, as I said, we, we try to say just say yes around here to opportunities. And I think when I think about all the opportunities that I said yes to, I, I'm hard pressed to think of one that I regretted doing. I think a lot more opportunities that I said no to do I have regrets regarding. So I think saying yes to those is very helpful and valuable to the younger surgeon to and to us all. Um, also, I would I think back and would say to my younger self to take some dedicated time to really define and reflect on the goals that I have, the aspirations, you know, to 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 create a list and maybe a five-year timetable to achieve those goals. You know, I'm personally, I, I, I'm a list writer. I think it makes things more efficient and maybe helps us to not overlook things that are important. But I think that dedicated commitment to defining goals and pursuing those goals and leveraging resources that maybe we have to achieving those goals is all important stuff. So, um, you know, uh, you know, life is short, I guess, but after being practiced for 25 years, I can tell you careers are a whole lot shorter than that. Careers are just a sliver of time, I think, in our life, just as raising children or other pursuits is. And so I would say take advantage of that window of opportunity to improve yourself, to improve the care of your patients. And um, so be thankful, I guess, be deliberate. Uh, and the goals that you pursue and, and take advantage of what that position offers. Well, that's great. Sure do appreciate um, that insight and, and, and quite frankly, your your candor and in, in reflecting on the path that that you've uh, that you've taken that, that's brought you to the spot. Um, you know, I, I feel comfortable saying on, on behalf of, of Anna, you know, Congratulations to you on a, a tremendous year as, as, as the president, certainly an, an atypical or aberrant year it's been. But, uh, you know, as an a member, you know, couldn't ask for anything more. And then specifically, you know, with respect to, you know, you hit on it, the the, the Anna uh, Somos partnership as a military orthopedist. I also feel uh, exceptionally comfortable speaking on behalf of my military colleagues and thanking you for for all of the the things that you've that you've helped uh, enrich that partnership between our organizations. It's been truly a, a professional windfall for for military orthopedists to be able to count on Anna to to help um, and foster you know their their own development as arthroscopic surgeons. And so, just thanks again so much for for everything you've done for the organization throughout your career and certainly within the last year. Well, thank you, Andy, for the kind words, and it's it's been an absolute pleasure. You know. Serving as president has just been uh, the most rewarding year of my professional career, and I, I just I just feel very fortunate to have had that opportunity and what little impact I could potentially have had on the on the on the organization on its members uh, is is just uh, just it's just a pleasure to have had that opportunity. And with regard to Somos and and you know there are some very distinct specific champions within Anna that have helped facilitate that relationship for the last decade. And we're, I know that I speak personally, I've, I've just been a lucky participant in those courses, but uh, it's been a tremendous honor to be involved with those quality individuals. And I, we look forward, I know, to continuing that relationship going forward. So thanks for everything. And thanks for all that you do, Andy, 
in support of Anna and support of uh, the Orthoscopy Journal. Thank you, sir. Well, that's going to do it um, for this podcast. Dr. Fields' uh, presidential address entitled Anna, Education, Innovation, the Power of Volunteerism was recently published in the July issue of the Arthroscopy Journal and can currently be accessed at www.arthroscopyjournal.org. Thank you all for joining us and have a nice evening.